0: Beyond Governance, making sense of doing business in South Africa, is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision making.
1: A very good evening and welcome to tonight's installment of Beyond Governance. Uh, my name is Nimro Thanks for tuning in. Um, if you're joining us for the first time, I you know, uh, hope you'll be with us as we continue this trajectory uh, moving forward. Um, the continent, as we know, um uh uh is quite pleasant place to be, you know, and we all need to make sure that um whatever conversation that we are having contributes towards not only the you know the, the South African but the regional as well as the continental uh uh look and feel that we can all want to, to that we can all be proud of. Um as you commence our program, uh, allow me to thank Simon and his crew for a job well done. They are back on your radio tomorrow at the same time um, as always. I'm not flying solo. I have Vusi Masinga who is the technical producer of the show, and Tabisa, who coordinates the show. Um, colleagues, I want to thank you in advance, as I know you do. You you know the show will run very smoothly um, as as always. Um, on tonight's menu, uh, we've got two agenda. Uh, we normally start our conversation with a quick reflection, and tonight I'll just have a, a glance of uh, the the conversation or the the address by the former president uh Bati as uh, when he was speaking at the Eastern Cape uh, Extended Provincial Executive. There are quite interesting observations that I've noted from that end. And secondly, um, I would also look at um, you know the the criticism or corruption that has been levelled against uh, Dr. Zulim Kiza um, which, which is quite unfortunate. Um, and, and of course on our main coastal right, we will be joined online by Lebohan Hanpeku, Peku, who is the senior research fellow at Trade Collective, as well as uh, Mr. Caesar Njekalana, who is the senior policy senior policy analyst and, and, and industry specialist for, for, for UNIDO, amongst other accolades. Uh, these uh, colleagues will share their views and, and insight on Africa trade continental agreement. Which has been lauded as a milestone towards Africa's self-reliance, recovery, and hopefully prosperity. I'll do my utmost best to see how we can, you know, one, we can tap into the internet and the wisdom of these colleagues in, in, in an attempt to debunk the African Continental Free uh, Agreement, as it were. I hope you will join us in a conversation. Do weigh in. Uh, our SMS line is 34519. The telegram is o six one eight nine five one zero nine. And, of course, I will take your views or your thoughts uh, via the Twitter handle, which is at um, Nimrod. For those that, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, aren't aware of the the Africa continental trade area, which is going to be the subject of our conversation, uh, uh, do stay tuned because I the colleagues that I've mentioned, would definitely share their thoughts, um, um, as it were. Uh, moving on swiftly, um, as I reflect, um, my thought or my own thought process is regarding the position that was held by Tabubbi over the weekend. I think it was on Monday, if I'm not mistaken, uh, where he was able to, to you know, to identify uh, what is supposedly cancerous in, in in what is destroying the ANC from within. I am not sure many people have had a chance or an opportunity to listen to him, um, and I think he was very spot on and 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 clear. Um, and because he did acknowledge like, that some of those uh, uh, what he defined as careerists um, were, uh, uh, I would imagine. How, how can I put it? These are some of the tenants that has been there during his his own reign, and and I suppose he has not been able to get his handle on those kind of issues. But what was quite sobering, um based on what I, I could, I could pick up is the acknowledgement that, you know, there's this general perception, uh, on the extent to which the ANC is corrupt. Uh, and, and he takes it back as early as 1997, uh, during the, 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 the then president, uh, Nelson Mandela. And f- for me, that was quite sobering in so many ways because firstly, you cannot address any uh, discrepancies or you cannot Craft a renewal agenda when you don't acknowledge your own limitations. But, but in the same vein, uh, 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 there's not much that happened during his tenure, even post, um, his tenure. And other people are saying, but why is he being so vociferous now when he had all the opportunity? Uh, in fact, others are blaming him for, for, for creating a fertile ground for what he now defines as, as careers. But anyway, those are my views, not, uh, I, I welcome to hear yours as well. But the other issue that I just want to, you know, uh, reflect on very quickly is 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 how some of these politicians are lining up their pockets. Uh, you know, I mean, I was so disappointed when I, I heard over the weekend that the Minister of of uh, of of uh, 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 Health, Doctor Zulema Kiz, has been implicated in some scandals. I mean, we all know that one is presumed innocent until proven guilty, um, but but by that dismay, it is such, it's so damaging. Um, if you might have picked up today, the stats around unemployment, um, which is so which is so critical, we, our death level are shocking, and the road recovery it's not really um, easy. Um, for those that like Kizonum like I did, and I, like I do, um, I mean, I mean, how does one come come back from this kind of issue when his political life is really being challenged? You must have picked up in all sorts of media and um, people are vying for his blood, they want him to resign uh, for he cannot claim to have not known that uh, his close allies uh, you know were implicated in in, in that kind of uh, scandal I mean, how do you get a a company that want a tender to go and uh, fix your house i mean or 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 one of your properties How do you deny that but i suppose um uh, that's in, that's interesting thing about democracy. You have to give a person space and opportunity to reflect and come up with answers. And But I think the biggest challenge sits with the president. I would imagine he considered uh, Dr. Mkhize as is one of the strongest uh, comp- and competent ministers, and for a for strong and competent senior minister – to be engulfed with this kind of allegations, uh, it can't be easy. It cannot be easy. Uh, and, and, and I do like how the president, uh, reassures South Africans because he's very procedural. He's very measured in how he articulates a response. He's not a kind of person that jumps into conclusion because there's pressure. And, and, and I suppose the Isma Khashoggi issue also doesn't help, isn't it? Because people are saying, look, I mean, Esma um, Kashul has been forced, uh, to resign. I mean, he has been suspended, uh, based on, on the resolution. Why is this one not doing it? But anyway, let's just see what's going to happen. Uh, um, those are some of the food for thought, uh, in my view. Uh, you've got any other, you know, uh, thoughts? Please weigh in. Uh, our SMS line is 34519. Telegram is 061, uh, 0618951019. Uh, and I think we're going to put that issue to bed. And let me take this opportunity as we move in very swiftly to welcome uh, our colleagues who are joined online. Uh, as I've indicated earlier on, we've got the Peku, who's a Senior Research Fellow at Trade Collective, and Unda Desisa Njekalana, who is, amongst others, a Senior Policy Advisor uh, and Industry Specialist for UNIDO. Colleagues, good evening and welcome.
0: So, Phila, and uh, greetings to the listeners as
1: well. I want to start with, uh, you know, Babu uh, uh, Caesar, if you may. I mean, um, the 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 African Continental Free Trade, as it were, has um, been laudable, or or, or has been labelled as one of the greatest, uh, I suppose, uh, milestone in as far as African continent is concerned, because we all know that um, by virtue of creating a single market. Um, we are more likely to address a whole lot of other issues. Um, and and I've, I've, at some point when I was doing some bit of research that, uh, you know, the single market in the African continent was more likely to, you know, to create a, a combined GDP of about, you know, 3.4 trillion rands. And that 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 would put South Africa, I mean, that would put Africa, Africa trade, as it were, uh, uh, in, a, in, a, in a greater height. That's maybe at the face value. What does that mean from where you're sitting?
0: In the first place, uh, this free trade initiative is landmarks for Agenda 2063. One can proudly say that, and uh, if you look at the history of Africa's efforts to free itself of the colonial legacy and advance, uh, amongst other things, uh, the African rise in science, this is one of the instruments complex as it is, that uh, will place Africa in the, you know, global village in a better pedestal, not just in that, but also for its own peoples in terms of intra-African trade. As we all know that uh, at this stage in time, intra-African trade in South Africa, in Africa, Is uh, dismally low comparative to other countries. It's around sixteen to eighteen percent, whereas in uh, Asia it's around fifty percent, and uh, Europe is actually very high, seventy plus plus percent. Uh, That, on its own, indicates that, uh, other than those continents, trading globally, they are actually able to provide a size economic prosperity in within the continent amongst the uh, countries in those various uh, continents themselves. Of course we may be seen as latecomers, but uh, at least there has been a formidable effort now to come up with as well structured, a, a well thought and a uh, thoroughly negotiated institution uh, which is driving a program which, uh, notwithstanding the pandemic, was officially launched after whatever delays uh, at the beginning of this year.
1: Thank you very much for that insight, uh, Babu. Um, perhaps maybe let me take this opportunity to bring in uh, Lebohang. Hang. Uh, Lim Hong, I mean, one of the issues that uh, Ubaba just pointed out is the complex nature of, of the instrument around around this particular program. What's your take on that and what, what do you think is more likely to happen in trying to uh, make it materialize?
2: There are a couple of things. The one is that we're trying to deal with um, the, the, the rationale for all of this, which is essentially that um, we are not a very well integrated region. And some of the complexity for this is that, I mean, we only traded about 15 percent, as we well know. And that um, trade liberalization has been focused mainly on African countries liberalizing at levels within regional blocs and then negotiating from within them against non-continental actors like um, the EU, for example, the U.S. And of course, prior to the COVID pandemic, There was a prediction that the AfCFTA would increase in in, intercontinental trade by about thirty-three percent once the full tariff liberalisation has been implemented. Now, the the challenges to these are many, um, and I think the one challenge is basically that um, we're in an environment and in a context where there very few African countries are only part of one regional economic community. So uh, we are trying to aggregate, aggregate, so to speak, with this particular arrangement. Um, And I think only six countries, if I'm not mistaken, are not a part of at least of of, of only one um, REC. And remember that the RECs are the original building blocks of regionalism. um, And they're also the regional building blocks of economic cooperation, um, and of course, this is not the first attempt. There have been previous, such as the Lagos Plan of Action, the Abuja Declaration, and um, previous others um, as well. The Arusha Declaration, as far back as the 1960s, all of which tried to bring in place a, an indigenous, inward-looking, Africa-based you know, um, aggregating our advantages and our competitiveness between and amongst ourselves. And, you know, there are various reasons why those have not been as effective, such as structural adjustments, such as external interferences, and such as yes, sometimes quite fragile states and fragile governances. But I think that, you know, the complexity is also that we have not per se understood why regionalism is so important as blocks. Um, and, and I think that that's you know, there are different things contending against us. And one of the things that's contending most against us is um, national sovereignty, national economic sovereignty or national economic nationalisms, actually. Um, there's also different ways in which, in fact, there's also politicization of trade agreements. And rather than these instruments being about social solidarity, social development, they become completely mercantilist and entirely there's a bit of interference behind me. Um, and entirely, um, you know, entirely corporatized rather than being about people to people regionalism. So I think that these complexities are, are, are myriad.
1: No, no, thank you very much for that observation. And I just, I like how you, you reflected on some of the previous, um, some of the previous, um, um uh, instruments that could not uh, progress well, and, and what is it that we are learning you know, from from the previous um, 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 chapters, previous programs? Uh, earlier on, you did mention uh, issues such as um, you know fragile uh, governments, issues on a structural adjustment. To what extent do you think we have learned, and uh, that there are institutional capacity to drive the 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 the, the AFCTA?
2: I'm not sure entirely if we've learned completely, but I mean, I certainly think that um, the, in fact, the, the notion of market integration um, was, was, was one that was really far, far ahead. In fact, the African continent was a, has been a bulwark and a pioneer in free trade agreements and regionalism. Remember that the SACO is the oldest trade Uh, free trade area in the world, um, from 1910, for example. And also remember that, um, the member states of the, of the then OAU had already endorsed the Abuja Treaty as far back as almost 60 years ago, which in fact shaped the African economic community. Um, And of course, this was supposed to stipulate the complete integration of African economies by 2025. So these are not new lessons, um, Nimrod and the the listeners. These are things that I think have been attempted previously. And I think that. One of the reasons, one of the the, the hampering um, the hampering issues, would probably be some level of naivete on the part of many of our leaders, who perhaps took Western governments and Western trade agreements in good faith. So remember that, um, you know, people like Nkrumah were accused of acting like African Napoleons when they said that we need strong institutions and that the strongest way to build strong institutions is by having a, co- a coherent Africa-wide agenda. For politics, for economics, for military uh, personnel, and so for military capacity, and so forth. So this, these are actually, these are not actually new ideas, um, and Nimrod. And I think the thing that's quite heartbreaking for me is that many of the ideas of the OAU, um, the Organisation of African Unity. Uh, were then actually replicated to a great extent by the European Union. So when you say what have we learned, I think we should rather be asking, what have we offered to the world? What have we shown the world? Many of the instruments, the ideas, um, gave some inspiration to the European Union, who then of course have managed because of they have the resources, the wherewithal, and of course they don't have um they don't have invisible hands of external forces working against their interests working against their their governments instigating coup d'etats and regime change if they if, if the people come into power that they don't like and who they who they can't manipulate so of course the european union has been able to forge ahead but based on governance ideas and governance principles by the way which were very much um, part of the architecture and the templates designed by the african uh, organization of african unity
1: Thank you very much for that. Uh, um, it's quite interesting how how you actually um, you know uh, 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 you know put um, your 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 views across, particularly insofar as uh, how you know African continent have been uh, or was able to provide a template which was used by the European Union you know to orchestrate their own economic recovery, uh, and and but obviously you know. Um, Africa is still very fragmented. Uh, Africa is still very, you know, uh, uh, not united as it were. Hence, we are susceptible to all kind of uh, uh, political queens and uh, stuff like that. But having said that, uh, I just want to bring Ubawa here, here, um, is that part of the building blocks of a coherent uh, uh, structure or coherent program will obviously be underpinned by by the institutional arrangement between and amongst um, governments, um, um, as it were. So, so, so. Having said that, what is your view around um, the capacity of the institutions that are meant to drive the program forward? Because there lies in a discrepancy between a a policy position that is meant to emancipate or that is meant to deliver. And when you marry the policy position with reality on the ground in terms of personnel technical support and so on and so forth you find that the the, the, the two don't speak to each other so so what is it that has been done based on your observation you know at the institutional level that would enable this this uh um, you know e f t c a uh program to become a reality uh that uh, i
0: think uh To a great extent, Auslebu has articulated uh, part of my answer to your question that there's been a, a long and intensive history with a strong political will, although at times fluctuating, to reach the stage at which we are. Allow me to be a little bit philosophic because at the same time, Africa has got uh, 54 uh, countries. It has 54 governments. It has 54 parliaments. It has one continental parliament. It has uh, five, or supposed to have five, regional parliaments. And when you take into account what you're saying, you know that in once on one side, <clears throat> policy has to be formulated and. Uh, Bear in mind when uh, formulating policy, it has to assume uh, various levels uh, from national to regional, the five uh, RECs or regional economic community to the uh, continental platform. And at the same time, it has to bring in the various other institutions other than the AU in Addis Ababa, but uh, also Parliaments have got to be brought in at, at these various levels, national, regional and continental to provide the requisite legislation to, you know, to ensure that policy is translated into, into laws. What I'm uh, trying to say is that uh, it's like when we're waiting the struggle, you know, against apartheid. There were a lot of daring steps that we took, and at times there would be people who say, "You know, that's wait, this cannot be done." Suppose you have to allow me. I come from that background that uh, I feel that even if it's a deep dark jungle, uh, even if we articulate uh, and uh, formulate policies, whilst we know that uh, on the ground there is a lot of uh, fragmentation, as Asli we have said. There are a lot of other uh, interfering and even at times disabling factors, like the uh, the EPAs, which uh, are, 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 are you know uh, trade agreements between various countries in Africa with the you know countries globally, and some of them they are bilateral agreements which all of them will create more complexities and complications. However, the bottom line, uh, that is is to say, what do we do then when we have such an a brilliant vision? We've got to take the first step. Uh, we've got to learn from the history uh, that we have, our forefathers and our great leaders have laid for us. We have now... Uh, quite, uh, to, let me say, a well-worked-out structure in the form of the a- AFCFTA And uh, what is left is to ensure that uh, there is political will, both from governments as well as uh, the peoples themselves in their various formations to meander through all forms of uh, economic and political landmines and take uh, things step by step. I suppose one of the things Which has influenced me in my stint uh, in parliament uh, some years ago was that it would be helpful to ensure that uh, the regional economic communities are appropriately, you know, rationalized so that they form, you know, the requisite or the relevant pillars for this free trade initiative.
1: All right. No, no, thank you very much. Um, I, you know, you just raised a very interesting point around political will that is required or that is supposedly a, uh, that will become a prerequisite for this program to be successful. But uh, we're going to have to go uh, pay our bills in just a second. Uh, and when we come back, I want us, I want Auslebu Hang just to quickly come in and, and, and give us her perspective around what where are we in relation to political will, because in everybody's mind, that's 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 the biggest monster which we're all grappling with. Let's take a break. We'll come back in a second.
0: Beyond governance, making sense of doing business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus 94 Research. The science of decision making. Got a very
1: interesting conversation t- that is taking place here. I'm joined online by Ubabu Siza Njegalana as well as Libuhan Peku and they're really giving us the perspective on how the the the, the, the African Continental Free Trade Agreement uh, is, is 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 you know will will manifest or will progress uh, from from here mm-hmm. as a way of trying to you know, um harness all the capabilities in the continent. Uh, as we all know that the continent is is rich with minerals uh from here to timber three and yet we are not able to to material we are not able to to to, to, to escape poverty um uh because of, of of some of the issues that we have pointed out now is the fact that we are not trading. Uh, uh, as Africans, and we are importing a whole lot of other goods and services abroad, and yet we have all the capabilities. So, so the African Trade Continental Trade Area Agreement, so to speak, is actually meant to try and and, and bridge those gaps, uh, although though, those gaps by ensuring that there's more and more uh, uh, trade amongst African countries, so that we become can, we, can, we, can, we can become more reliant. Um, Householder, let's come back to you uh, in a. Before we went to the break, Ubabu Siza indicated a very interesting point about the political will um, and, and which is supposedly, I suppose, I think this is probably the biggest challenge, um, as it were. And, and to what extent do you think there is a more, people are more receptive, governments are more receptive, and, and not only that, but how do we take that message across the systems? Your perspective, please
2: thank you so i think one of the, the, the there's um the, the, the many countries are using um, questions of industrialization regional integration to actually enforce their own national interests which is a, a facet of political will to all intents and purposes right and um, in fact many of the policy tools that they use will conflict with the goals of regional trade and regional integration so for example, a lot of governments, uh, African governments, are using tariff and non-tariff uh, barriers to um, attempt to um, subvert regional interests in, in favor in the in the in the name of um, excluding competition from other African countries. And this is completely counterlogical in the context of a free trade area, let alone an Africa free trade area, where essentially we are not supposed to be competitive in that way, um, and also was supposed to be pr- promoting industrialization by being integrative and coherent and cohesive. Um, so the competition is not for individualism, individual state, state, uh, state capacities and state commodities, but rather to build a much more competitive and compelling, if I may say, African market. Now, when we speak of political, will, remember a few years ago, just a couple of years ago when Nigeria closed um, – its borders with um, with Benin, for example, in the midst of this very delicate um, this delicate negotiation. I think that was 2019, and that was really, you know, a, a, a trade war. Um, um, and I think that when oh, so many times we, we, we states are willing to use non-political instruments to politicize and in fact to exhibit political interests. And what's really unfortunate as well in all of this is that we are not only, political will is something that cannot be legislated. We can legislate Open, you know, open tariff, open tariff um, preferences. We can legislate around special and differentiated treatment. We can legislate perhaps on sensitive products, but political will perhaps is not really a thing that can be legislated. And I think the thing that's really lacking are the kind of visionary, courageous, um, quite quite Africa centred leaders and, and, and 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 political leadership and ideological leadership, that would be necessary to take this kind of instrument forward in a way that's extremely dynamic um, and in a way that myself and, I, and, and my colleague would envisage going forward. But political will cannot be legislated, Nimrod and, and the listeners. Um, and, and, and this is what keeps tripping us up in different ways.
1: I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I mean, there's there's only so much that it can do legislatively, um, and and but the other biggest issue, from my own personal observation, using South Africa as a as, as an example, um, one biggest elephant in the room is the is, is corruption, um, and we know that um, Africa is riddled with 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 um, um, corrupt leaders across the board. I mean, there's been so many instances uh, where um, um, you know, civility or, or 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 liberties of individuals have been suppressed. So, so from this, from from you know, the Africa Trade Agreement. To what extent do you think, uh, or are there sufficient instruments that deal that would deal with corruption? Sufficient instrument that would um, you know uh, protect individual liberties uh, to to a point where people can become more entrepreneurial, given the fact that um, the majority of Africans uh, in the continent aren't necessarily part of the so called formal sector. they are mainly entrepreneurs and uh, who 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 are just you know uh, going about doing their own businesses so so this particular uh, trade agreement to what extent firstly does it promote or protect um you know civil liberties of individuals for for you can have i mean all sorts of great programs but if individuals' freedoms Um, Are not protected or are not promoted. There is no way in which the 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 the, the African Trade um, Continental Trade Agreement can become productive or fruitful. Your perspective, uh, Babu Caesar Injera, on this point. On this point.
0: Uh, Don't say adequate. Let's look at what we have, Mm -hmm. and say to what extent are we building them, nurturing them, strengthening them, and ensuring that as we move forward with them, they actually are able to expose gaps because uh, there's nothing perfect in life. There'll always be a room for improvement. I'm referring to the African peer review mechanism that comes in mind, and uh, I'm referring to the African Court of Justice. I'm referring to the peace and Uh, But the Peace and Security Commission, uh, amongst others, who can help because she lives and dreams this far better than me. However, there are those institutions, including the, 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 the three levels of parliaments I've already referred to. To me, those are already existing instruments which we have over and above the government themselves that uh, already are at our disposal, that need to be further nurtured, further supported. good example is that we still have the SADAC parliamentary forum instead of uh, a fully-fledged, you know, regional parliament. We still have a couple of countries to... uh, you know, endorse and embrace the African peer review mechanisms, which is a one other good instruments to ensure and enhance governance and even impact and reverse, uh, you know, corruption you have referred to to whatever extent. And in that uh, we still have to ensure that uh, we enhance the ratification of this uh, free trade agreement itself. I think if I'm, uh, Correct. Uh, there are only around 13 countries that have ratified it, you know, up to now. So fundamentally, what I'm saying is that the instruments that we, ha- we can have. Let's uh, hold hands. Let's make sure that the political will that uh, we have both articulated to Aslebu actually is taken to greater heights, such that uh, there is impact and visible impact from these instruments that we have. Not forgetting that uh, organized civil society, in its various forms—social movements, uh, civil society organizations—they uh, also have a role to play, whether within their countries or uh, across regions. They also have to ensure that uh, they hold hands together with governments, because at the end of the day, they has, you know, the the benefits. Uh, you know, of uh, the inter-African trade will be far tremendous. Thank, no, thank you. you
1: very much for that insight. I mean, I, and I, I do agree with you that, I mean, the approach to these kinds of issues, uh, we should always be, be, be optimistic. Uh, our reference point should be what is it that we could do differently to strengthen uh, or harness those kinds of issues. Um, I just want to press maybe thanks, um, because she's got other commitment and she's just about to leave us um, now. Uh, also, well, thank you very much for keep for 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 coming through um, uh, and make, for making those interesting input. Um, I believe Ausleibung has already left, and and let's just uh, you know uh, thank you once again for for making time. Um, you know, Bob. I think one of the critical issues that you've mentioned um, is the fact that you know um, the, the the are you know civil society organization has a critical role to play. Um, governments have critical role play, to play. Um, uh, you know, uh, as well as as a private sector has got in greater role to play. Uh, and and I suppose for as long as the messaging is is uh, communicated adequately um, and and robustly. Uh, we're more likely to see, you know, uh, the African trade, you know, agreement, you know, coming through. But one of the issues that you raised, uh, you know, earlier is the fact that we haven't seen many governments, um, ratifying the agreement. What could be the challenge around ratification?
0: Trace back what I've said, uh, a little bit uh, more diplomatically, I must say, and what else label. Had said she was quite forthright on her side. These the the hurdles of fragmentation of colonial legacy, uh, you know, have got to be confronted, and we have to take the bull by its horns, and uh, we've got to shake them up. Uh, I mean, look, even within the regions, uh, I've just indicated that uh, although SADAC had been you know, the first regional formation that was uh, more formidable even compared to others from being the Southern African frontline states up to now. But in terms of being mature, it has lagged behind others, uh, ECOWAS and IALA in particular. That's West Africa and uh, the East uh, Africa. Those are the kind of uh, realities that we just have to be quite uh, harsh and firm to ourselves that uh, we need to ensure that they are, they are you know, there's maturity in, in those uh, structures uh, because they are transnational. They help to start uh, opening up. I mean, amongst other things, there is supposed to be, a, you know, a firm focus in addressing of free movement of peoples. Uh, recently, there was a. A, a, a webinar on the 24th that was uh, facilitated by the African National Congress. A very strong message came from the Continental Board of Trade Unions, which said uh, that uh, if we think that uh, this uh, free trade initiative will be successful without addressing free movement of peoples, without addressing the needs of the workers, without addressing small and micro businesses, uh, we better think twice. So those are sort of, amongst others, the hurdles that we have to, do, to address, and the challenges that to ensure that we overcome. Uh, already, the structures and the structures are not just confined to their countries; they are regional and they are continental. It's a matter of ensuring that the leadership in those structures, whether within the state or outside the state, are committed. And it comes back to the issue of political will. If uh, there is shared vision about ensuring that uh, the free trade initiative is amongst the instruments that can uh, ensure our you know, roadmap steadfastly towards uh, the Agenda 2063 and ensuring that uh, the African race naissance is for real, And is ensuring that uh, we are having an instrument, uh, albeit there are still uh, unfortunate outbursts of uh, conflicts and coup d'etat and things. But this is an instrument which in a few decades, if we are consistent, persistent and committed enough, could start making such unfortunate uh, political handicaps, uh, something of the past. It's not an easy road. However, we, as I had said, we have to take the bull by its horns. We've got to through governments. We've got to through civil society structures. We've got to the practitioners themselves who are at the center of the trade uh, uh, business community. And I would like to emphasize in this, uh, making reference to business community doesn't mean that we tongue of large conglomerates which have deep pockets, but uh, as you would know, a very good example you see on a Friday afternoon and evening, you know, loads and loads of trucks and buses moving up to uh, Musina and Bite Bridge. That's just the first uh, signal of how and why the free trade initiative is essential. Just that one example that, uh, you know, we need to be quite alert, sensitive, and ensure that whether it's policy generation, whether it's policy refinement, whether it's legislation refinement, however those instruments are, you know, generated, however, at the, at the core of it, one way or another, we are actually strengthening one of the pillars of the free trade agreement, which is... Economic solidarity
1: No, I couldn't agree with you more and, and, and one thing that um, um, it just you know rang my mind as you were talking, particularly from a, you know from a, a proactive point of view is is the role of advocacy um, which is not driven by by government advocacy campaigns um, driven by by, by by you know uh, every single structure that you may think of. Uh, how important is advocacy? Because um, you know, if uh, ordinary people are not aware of the the Africa uh, uh, Trade Agreement and extent to which would benefit um, ordinary folks, um, I think if we were to strengthen um, uh, in that particular um, articulation, we're more likely to to get to get a better reception uh, and 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 political will. Um, can somehow be 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 made almost in, inevitable uh in the sense that when when this this particular program um, is owned by people, not only top down, but you know, giving it a chance to to, to come from below. Um so so my thinking a a I'm not sure what has been done in relation to advocacy. Uh, uh in, and, and what what you take on advocacy as an instrument that could enhance uh, and, and showcase the benefit of the trade, particularly around issues of the movement of people, uh, the SMMEs, uh, and so on and so forth. How, how important do you think advocacy campaigns and who should be you know, driving it?
0: I don't know even where to start because <laughs> this is very fundamental because nothing can ever succeed meaningfully being driven by government only. The non-government component must come in in its various forms. And that's where advocacy comes in, advocacy amongst ourselves, advocacy with the government to ensure that uh, there's a requisite and uh, people-orientated and developmental legislation and policies. I can go on and on and on talking about uh, the importance of advocacy. I think, let me say, in the first place, historically as 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 a transforming society in South Africa, we have already witnessed as to how important ad- advocacy is. So it is just logical that even if it is uh, raised to either regional or continental level, particularly for this free trade initiative, it will even be more in- important because you won't be dealing with the 57, 58 million South Africans. You will be dealing now with uh, one point. Uh, two three billion you know uh, uh, Africans, or even if it's in our region, we will still be dealing with uh you know uh, well, almost three hundred uh, million, so advocacy will be always important, mobilizing you know. The the non-state sector, ensuring that it interacts uh, with government, governments of the day, both at national and regional and uh, continental level, you know. I was and tiresome uh, and grueling uh, as it is, but it, it is just something that has to be done. And uh, there has to be frankness. There has to be transparency and uh, there has to be firmness, you know, because uh, in whatever levels we are, in whatever sectors we are, at times we tend to be siphoned and swallowed by where our immediate wells are. And uh, at times then uh, overlook, you know, other uh, deficiencies and defects. And this is where also advocacy becomes helpful because it draws attention to areas which people may at times be innocently, you know, overlooking. The issue of fragmentation, the issue of existing uh, bilateral agreements with other countries is actually something that also will challenge us uh, if it is not challenging us even right now. The issue of removal of uh, tariffs I'm sure uh, you had observed uh, that, uh, that uh, even in terms of just the first level of endorsement, there were a number of uh, countries in Africa which uh, were resistant, which took time, and there had to be an assurance that uh, the implementation of this free trade initiative is not going to be done willy-nilly. Mm-hmm. We have to be sensitive to smaller and, uh, you know, weaker economies that they don't just get uh, their industries uh, decimated by larger economies because now there will be liberalization tariffs will be reduced the level of being zero it's it's it's, it's complex and complicated and uh, Absolutely. it goes back yeah. to it it goes back to what uh, myself and Auslib were saying Uh f- Political will, political will, political will, integrated with economic solidarity. For now, it's
2: no, high no, time no, that
0: no. It's high time that uh, not just our leaders, but us as uh, you know ordinary people, you know, we see you know value in this, and we articulate that value, we leave that value. Fortunately. It's uh, social media has become a very, very handy tool to also Mm. popularize this. I mean, as someone who uh, almost every day, you know, visits social media, one has observed how uh, social media has been helpful in popularization of the, uh, this initiative. But obviously, it's, it it just needs uh, a little bit of oomph to ensure that uh, People are not just showing the bright side and uh, absolutely. Absolutely. overly optimistic.
1: Yeah, Babsiz, unfortunately, we have run out of time. We're going to leave it there. Um, thank you very much for coming through. It has been absolutely interesting. But perhaps maybe um, as a partition on my side, I want us to have a, a a further conversation on this particular issue, particularly looking at the role of um, of of of, um, of education. Uh, be it uh, primary education, uh, tertiary, as well as post tertiary, because that's the bulk of you know your change agent uh, uh, who could be brought in. I'm not sure what has been done in relation to the role of uh, of education in 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 inculcating that unity that you're referring to. But perhaps maybe in in one of our next conversation, we may have to structure a particular conversation to see what has been done differently, or what should be, what should be the role of education. Uh, uh, in in, in promoting the Africa Africa trade uh, agreement, as it were.
0: Definitely, and I'm sure in that space you would do your best and I would assist you to get someone with the expertise in the education sector.